Morning, y'all. I have shared with y'all many times the amount of blessing that I've, I think I've been around the church here for about 55 years, and that's from my, you know, parents, my wife, my kids, my grand, especially my grandkids, um, and the mentors that I've had here, and the opportunities that I've had with the youth that have passed across my path, and I've got to pass across theirs, and uh, working on this perpetual remodeling project at my house. When I came to those things that I refused to do anymore, um, I had to hire an outside contractor from our community. One of the fellows that came to help me out in that fashion was a kid that came to our Sunday school class when, you know, when he was in junior high and high school. Got to catch up with him, have a nice visit. Yesterday comes along, I'm not putting down vinyl floor anymore either. Not doing it. The gentleman that showed up there didn't grow up in our church. But he's younger than me, so he's a young man. But he is a church member, a fellow church member, got to visit and catch up and get to know him better. By the time I left, he was verbally abusing me as if he had come through the youth department. And so our church gets spread out, and you get blessed in different ways, and that comes back to you in different ways, and it's just neat to see. That is correct. If you need me through the week, call that number. I do work out of town. I will be glad to call Dan Aspel to come and help you. Um, he's, he's a young man that wants to serve, and he's on next week. So let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, I just come to you this morning, and I just uh, offer you thanks for the blessing and the opportunity to gather here with uh, fellow believers. And for the blessing, I give you thanks that this church has been to me and my family over the years. I just, uh, more than I can speak of right now, I just ask your presence with us here, Lord, during the service time for the message that's coming. Give us the hearts and ears and the minds to hear what's going on here and take it with us. We just uh, ask once again for your presence. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. And if uh, you all want to use that phone number to verbally abuse someone, Russ is always willing. Good morning, everyone. Uh, we're super excited uh, to make an announcement today. If you know Whitney and I, you know we're excited to be up here this, <laughs> this morning. Um, we um, are announcing that we will be hosting the IF Gathering 2022 on March 4th and 5th. That's a live stream event for all women, um, not just of our church, but of our whole community. This is a two-day event that is designed um, for women all over the world to gather, get equipped, and discover the next step in their calling to go and make disciples. And so to host the event, we're gonna need a lot of help. First, we ask that you pray alongside us um, that it will gather women from across the community together. Um, second, that we spread that you guys help us spread the word um, and invite others to attend. And third, we need volunteers, and we would love for you to join us. So if you feel called to serve, we will be in the lobby. And then there's a short video for you. Thank you. Jesus laid out for us. How do we build community in the middle of this? How do we tell people about Jesus? There's a reason we're still alive. There's a reason we're still here. 
and that our lives matter in this time. We're not gonna waste our moment. And so we come together to remember we're part of something big, but we also come together to remember we're a part of something small. The reason we do If Gathering the way we do is we want you in your place, gathered with your people. We want you in living rooms and small churches and college dorm rooms all over this planet. You with your people builds the kingdom. If Gathering 2022 can be a part. All right, ladies in the room excited? Men, we gotta come up with something, all right? All right, let's all stand together. Our gospel reading this morning is from uh, John chapter 2. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water, so they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone who brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink, but you have saved the best till now. When Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. John 2, 1 through 11. So while you all are standing, let's sing together this new song that we introduced just a few minutes ago. It's a call and response. So if you want to choose a side, just jump in here, you'll figure it out. I will pray rejoicing from my heart. Pray rejoicing from my heart. For in him my victory's lifted high. His salvation is my cry. He has overcome the Sons 
read aloud together our Psalm, Psalm 36. From Psalm 36. Your love, Lord, reaches to the heavens. Your faithfulness to the skies. Your righteousness is like the highest mountains. Your justice like the great deep. You, Lord, preserve both people and animals. How priceless is your unfailing love, O God. People take refuge in the shadow of your wings. They feast on the abundance of your house. You give them drink from river of your grace. For with you is the fountain of life. In your light we see light. Continue your love to those who know you, your righteousness to the upright in heart. Psalm 36, 5 through 10. Amen. You may be seated.
give it God thanks for what he's done. Thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I come before you today, and there's just one thing that I After that song, I think we should just pray. Let's pray together. Father, thank you, Lord, uh, for the work you've done in our lives individually. Thank you for what you've done and are doing in the life of our church collectively. And Father, I, I, want, I just, at a very personal level, want to thank you for the love I have received from this body of believers. Thank you, Lord. And I pray that in the days and months and that are ahead of us and when you, when you bring to us our new pastor, 
I pray that we, we will love him even more than they have loved me. Thank you, Jesus, for this church. Amen. Amen. And hey, thank you. Somebody brought back one of the city evaluation forms. Just to look. Somebody asked me this week, who's doing this? This is just our church. This is not, this is not some outside organization. We're trying to get the view of our community through the eyes of you. And so uh, we still welcome those. Church council will be looking at some of them uh, this afternoon. And so I just want to encourage you to, to keep your eyes on the community and, and uh, share with us what you see. Just use the form. Bring it. Lay it on the table. That's how we're collecting them. And um, this week I was, I was at a funeral, and uh, one of our deacons, a really young deacon, came in the funeral, and, and you know, it was obvious to me he did not fit in the crowd I was in. You know, his hair was not nearly as colorless. <laughs> and, and so after a little bit I said, what, what's your connection with this? He said, I'm Deacon of the Week. And Roseanne Phillips called and said, I need a ride to this funeral. So I'm her transportation. These guys really do do what they say when they come up and they say call. So call them. Um, they do welcome it, and they do have the opportunity of serving. And, uh, and they relish the opportunity to serve. We have a great group of deacons who love serving you. So take seriously those numbers when they, when they put them up. If you need something, please call them. This week you received a letter from our um, personnel committee outlining the nominating process for our search committee. And so I just need to, just need to remind you uh, about the member at large uh, any one of you may nominate somebody else. You may even nominate yourself. That's okay. Um, just uh, share with us your name, um, the name you desire. You can leave it at the church. You can mail it to the church. You can take one of these connection cards. I would ask you to do this with it. Um, take one of these connection cards and just tear it in half and write the name of the person on it. Now, if you don't tear it in half, we're just going to think it's a prayer request. Okay? So, so as to not be confused, just tear it in half, write a person's name on it, drop it in the offering plate. Kathy will know when, when she gets a half sheet what to do with it. Okay? So just be nominated. The nominations will be open for a month or so. Um, so you've got plenty of time to pray about it and to... Um, um, Submit names uh, of individuals, and, and Kathy will sort it out and provide us a list later on. Um, so I think that's all I need to do with that, just to give you this reminder. Um, um, I wish that each, each believer in Jesus could see themselves as, as Jesus sees them. I wish that each believer in Jesus could see themselves as Paul 
sees the church at Corinth. And in the opening lines of 1 Corinthians, Paul describes the church in this way as he opens his letter to them. Paul, so now we know who's offering the letter, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God and our brother Sosthenes to the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus and called to be his holy people, together with all those everywhere who call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and their Lord and ours, grace and peace to you from God our Father, the Lord Jesus. I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge, thus God confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly await, wait for the Lord Jesus to be revealed. He will also keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day our Lord Jesus, of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, the Corinthian church is a church with all kinds of problems. And we'll get to those later. But in these opening verses, as Paul writes his letters, and he sees, he sees this church in the most positive light. Now, I, I'm personally not a fan of organized religion. People get surprised sometimes when I say that. I am a fan of church. Because church, <clears throat> church is God's ingenious plan for, for reaching people everywhere for Jesus. And you and I get to be a part of this. Because, and, and he uses church to to call people so that he receives the worship he deserves. Church, well, the Baptist Faith and Message describes church this way. A New Testament church of the Lord Jesus Christ is an autonomous local body of baptized believers who are associated by covenant in the faith and fellowship of the gospel, observing the two ordinances of Christ committed to his teachings, exercising his gifts, rights, privileges invested in them by, the, by his word, and seeking to extend the gospel to the ends of the earth. So I'm a fan of church. But the question is, who is the church? Now, you, by now, you should know the answer to this question. So I want you to say... Um, I am the church. <clears throat> you didn't say it. I am the church. All together, I am the church. 
So you, you can never talk about the church as that church. You ever you thought about it? Because I am the church. Or, or those people at the church. No. I am those people. You are those people. We are the church. And Paul describes the church at Corinth and us in, a, in, in, in two ways as he opens his letter to them. He, he says they are sanctified in Christ. Now, my conversion experience was a past experience. And to be sanctified is that process in which a past event has continuing effect in my life and in your life. So I am, I am being saved every day as I grow in grace and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul described it this way in 2 Corinthians. He said, but whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. That is sanctification. The process in which you and I, by the Holy Spirit, are being transformed increasingly into the image and likeness of Jesus Christ in order to bring glory to him, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So we are called into this in Christ into continuous transformation in our lives, which is the work of the Holy Spirit. Some people say, well, it, it's a growing in the, in the Lord as I grow up, as I know him, as I get to know him better. That's one way of saying it, describing sanctification. Another way of driving, uh, describing sanctification is growing in the Lord. Uh, I like to think of it as, as transformation because he is, he is changing me from the inside out by his grace through faith and I'm constantly being made different because Jesus is at work in me. The, and, and this is true of, of you uh, as well. This is the process of, of our being sanctified in Christ. So I want you to use your mirror this week. <clears throat> not, be, not because I want you to look good, although... That's, our, that, that's a good thing, too. But I want you to use your mirror this week. And, and I want you to look into the mirror. And I want you to see yourself as the Bible describes you as a follower of Jesus. So when we think about being sanctified in Christ, I want you to look into the mirror. Oh, I don't like that. <laughs> I want you to look into the mirror and say, I am being transformed in Jesus this week. See, that's what it means to be sanctified in Christ. Paul said of the Corinthian church, you are sanctified in Christ. Constantly being transformed. I'm going to make sure I lay this where it doesn't fall in the floor. Okay. 
Second, he described the church as God's whole, called to be God's holy people. Now, you know, at this point, are there any saints in the room? Got that? Okay. So we chuckle at it, but the reality is every hand of every believer should go up because a saint is not your goodness. The saint, you're a saint because of what Jesus has done for you and in you. So are there any saints in the room? Okay, so we have a few in the room. Some still not seeing, some of you still not getting there to see yourself as the Bible sees you. You see, we were set apart, we're called out. The same word Paul uses in the beginning when he says he is called to be an apostle, he uses to say of the church, we are called, we are called to be set apart for God's purposes. This is, this is true of every person who declares Jesus is Lord. Each and every one of us are called to be God's holy people. In the Old Testament, God called out a people, Israel, and he called them his holy people. We get to the New Testament, God is calling out a holy people. He's calling out a holy priesthood. And his holy people are sitting in this room. And you are called to be God's holy people. So pick up your mirror and look in the mirror and say, I am God's holy person. Now, that's a little more difficult, right? But holy doesn't mean you're good. It means you're called out. It means you're set apart. It means you've been willing to say, Jesus, whatever you want to do with my life, here I am. Now, that's what it means to say Jesus is Lord, by the way. So if you're recoiling from Jesus, whatever you want to do with my life, let me just remind you, when you say Jesus is Lord, you have just said, Jesus, whatever you want to do with my life. And he has called you and me to be his holy people. So after Paul identifies the Corinthians as sanctified in Christ and as holy, as called to be God's holy people, he, he expresses his gratitude for them. Now, when you've read the whole letter of Corinthian, 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, you think, okay, Paul, Are you really serious with your thanksgiving? You know, sometimes in the letters, he uses sarcasm to make his point. But right here, in the very beginning, and he knows all of their troubles, he knows all of their struggle, 
He is genuinely grateful for them. Paul was, he was grateful for this church. It was, it was a church strategically planted in, in one of the most progressive cities of the region. So the gospel could be expanded to the ends of the earth from the shores of Corinth. Paul says, I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. His gratitude list is short, but but inclusive. He was grateful they were a grace-enriched people. God has given them, God's given us everything we need to share his story. He's also given us the ability to understand the work of the Holy Spirit. He has given us these things in, uh, this, these understandings in abundance. Um, he's given all speech and all knowledge. So here's the truth about you. The grace enriched person in in your life the story of Jesus has put down deep roots into your life and he has enriched you sometimes we we have a member when I ask how are you they respond um Oh, <laughs> now I have a mental block. Does that ever happen to you? Okay. Fully blessed. Fully blessed. We are fully blessed. And Paul says every one of us, by the power of God's Spirit, Our lives are enriched by his grace. He's given us what we need to follow him and to make him known. So grab your mirror, grab your mirror and say, look into it and say, I am a grace-enriched person. Because that's how Paul sees you. That's how the Bible describes us. I am a grace-enriched person. But Paul was also grateful that they were a grace-equipped people. In verse 7, he talks about the fact they've received every spiritual gift. Every one of us who are a believer in Jesus Christ, we have received some spiritual gifts Now, none of us have all the gifts, but each one of us has some spiritual gifts, some endowment from the Spirit of God that enables us to walk and live and serve Jesus and serve the body of Christ. And then he brings each one of us individually, collectively into this room together 
Because what God is doing is he's crafting of this local congregation just like he crafted of the Corinthian congregation a, a people with a unique gift mix. So you take your gifts and my gifts and his gifts and her gifts and you pull them all together. And God has gifted this congregation with every spiritual gift we need to fulfill his purpose of making disciples in this community and beyond, but specifically in this community. So from now until Jesus comes, we have what it takes to get the job done. And I'll remind you, the job is making disciples, making disciples. Did I say that? Making disciples. I want to make sure we understand the job description, understand our assignment. Our assignment is to make disciples, and we have been given the spiritual gifts we need in order to accomplish His call and purpose upon our lives as collectively as a church in this community because we are grace-equipped. Grab that mirror. Look in the mirror. And what I want you to say when you look in the mirror this time is, I have the spiritual gifts to make First Baptist Church Clinton complete now, when we get over to chapter 11, 12, 13, 14, Paul's going to remind us actually in chapter 12, he's, where he's going to say, you all have gifts. And if you're not using your gift, then you're hurting the body. But I'll save that till chapter 12. Okay. Don't want don't to introduce that too early. But you... You have the spiritual gifts needed to complete the gift mix of this congregation so we can be effective in this community and beyond. It is not us, by the way. The spiritual gifts, the spiritual gifts come by God's grace through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I don't seek them. I seek specifically, but I just open myself to the Lord and say, Lord, what gift, what gift do I, do you want to bless me with? Not for my benefit, because the gifts are for the benefit of the people around you, not for you. But you have every spiritual gift. And this body has every spiritual gift we need to fulfill his mission. And Paul was grateful that they were a grace-empowered people. He said in verse, in, in first part of verse 8, he said, he will, he will keep you to the end. He does the keeping. He does the sustaining. He has firmly established you and me in our relationship with him. And by his grace, I am D. 
dependent upon him. My salvation doesn't depend upon me. I came into faith by his grace. I stay in faith by his grace. I will one day stand before Jesus by his grace. And and when I stand before him, I will be blameless. That's what Paul says in verse the second part of verse 8. I will be blameless before Christ. Not by my ingenuity, creativity, or hard work, but by his grace. By his grace, I will be declared guiltless on the judgment day. Not by anything I've done, but by his grace. And the same is true for you. Every one of us, we are empowered. We are empowered by his grace. And we, in verse 9, we enjoy a fellowship with God, with Christ. God is God has called us into the same relationship he has with Jesus. Now, this is pretty mind-blowing when you stop and think about it. The relationship we have with, the, with Jesus is just like the relationship Jesus and the Father have. In fact, this is what Jesus prayed for us in John chapter 17. When Jesus said, Father, just as you and I are one, and I am in you and you are in me, may they also be in us so that the world may believe you have sent me. You see, he has infused life into us. Jesus said that he had come to give life and to give it abundantly. And we, we, are, we are empowered by his spirit at work in us. One more mirror exercise. Look in the mirror and say, by the grace of God, I am his empowered church. Not my neighbor, not my friend. Me, you, I am his empowered church. How do you see yourself when you look in the mirror? I pray this mirror experience will help you see yourself sanctified in Christ. Called to be God's holy person. Enriched, equipped, and empowered all through his grace and his grace alone. I pray you'll see yourself as he sees you. And if you're a believer in Jesus this morning, when you see yourself as Jesus sees you and as Paul describes as he sees the church in Corinth, 
you'll be the church. When you see yourself as he sees you, you will be the church in this community. And if you're not yet a believer, um, you know, our message today is really a challenge to believers. But if you are not yet a believer, Jesus wants to see you the same way. And he offers to you the best possible life you can live now and a life that lasts forever. And this life he offers you comes in the confession. Jesus is Lord. And as I said earlier, that just simply means coming to Jesus and saying, Jesus, whatever you want to do with my life, here I am. So this morning... If you are looking for a church home, we would welcome you. We exist to fulfill the Great Commission by loving people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Come and join with us. If you have not yet confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life, we, we invite you to the best possible life. Just come to the front and share with me your desire. We'll pray together. Maybe as a believer today, you realize, well, when I look in the mirror, I don't see anything he talked about this morning. And you just need to come kneel on the altar and do business with Jesus because you claim to be a believer, but you're not seeing it yet. Come pray that the Spirit will open your eyes so you can see you as he sees you. We stand together this morning to sing, and as we sing, you come. If you join us online today, just go to our website, First Baptist Clinton. Dot church and click the I want Jesus in my life button or you may text or call me my number is 660-890-4150 let's have a conversation about what's next in your life I cast my mind to Calvary where Jesus led and died See